going back to who Sabrina was supposed to be from a young age. And she said to me, you have to dance. I have never seen you so happy. Everyone wants three things in life. They want to feel safe, they want to feel secure, and they want to feel significant. But safety is number one. If you make home safe, everything else will fall into place. Welcome to the Unlocking Happiness podcast. I'm Amy Dix, international best-selling author, speaker, and founder of Choose Happy. Collectively, our community builds a better world. I believe life is made up of moments. We have short moments, long moments, good moments and bad moments. We make sure that all of your life moments are filled with meaning and joy. Stick around to the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest on the internet's happiest podcast. Now let's unlock happiness. Today, I am here with Sabrina Oso of Oso Safe, teaching us and others how to turn pain into power. Hi, Sabrina. Hi, Amy. So good to be with you. (laughs) Yes, thank you so much. What an important topic that I think a lot of people may know of its importance, but maybe aren't very proactive in ensuring not only like safety in our homes and in our personal lives, but also professional lives as well. And so I'm curious, why is safety such an important topic to you? Well, without safety, you really cannot live your best life by far. Without safety, if you think about it, whether you are a a worker or a student and everyone lives in some type of residence, if you don't have safety, when I say safety, I mean void of any chaos, violence, dysfunction, abuse. How can you do what it is that you need to do, go about your day without it? Let's say you want to be a dancer, you want to be a performer, but your home life is chaotic, it's dysfunctional. You won't be able to really do dance, the passion that that is you. You can't concentrate on it. You can't focus on it. So I would say safety is the single most important aspect of one's life by far. And it actually coincides with freedom because freedom is safety and safety is freedom. They go hand in hand, really. Like if I am free to attack you, well, that's not freedom because I am infringing upon your freedom. So freedom is a two-way street. And that means that everyone should be safe. I hope I answered your question. And on the personal level, I mean, I I grew up very unsafe. My father beat my mother on a regular basis. It took me a long time to speak about that comfortably, years and years of therapy off and on. So, So on a personal level, I understand it. And then on a professional level, it's what I teach, what Oh So Safe stands for. Did you ever experience any violence yourself? Yes. Most of the violence was my father beating up my mother, which made me feel like, and I say say to people, every time my mother got hit, I felt like I was getting hit. Mm -hmm. And as a child, it's very traumatic. But my father did hit me once, and I actually put him in jail for it. I don't say that often, but when I get asked, I try to be as, um, as open as possible, because I feel like it'll just help your audience, you know, 
And I do not regret it. Not yesterday, not today, and not tomorrow. And it was a testament to me to kind of take the reins of power because uh, I witnessed him beating up my mother so many times. And then he, he smacked me and I put him in jail for it. I think a lot of people who hear your story may say kudos for having the courage to do so. Because I think from a psychological standpoint, when we grow up and we see that constantly, we may, the opposite may hold out to be more true than what you did in having courage to stand up for yourself. So I think, you know, we honor you for having the courage to do that. And I don't know what, at what age was, were you when this particular instance occurred? I believe I was 20. 19, 20 years old, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I mean, it was horrible. It was a very, one of the biggest decisions I made. And looking back, I, I definitely made the right decision, but it caused a lot more problems at the time, obviously. So but you were an adult and so uh, as well. So I think, you know, that kind of probably played into it. A little bit. Right. Right. <laughs> yes. To be, you know, nine years old or something. So, yeah. And is that what inspired you to start Oh So Safe or, or what really inspired you to start Oh So Safe? Well, it's been a, a process. I moved out at 21 years old and that's when I really started to build my life. And I'm a dancer and I could not even think about dance living in the house that I lived in. Like I said, it was very chaotic, very violent dysfunctional, abusive. So there was no one in my family to take me to dance class. I couldn't even think about it. So when I moved out, I pursued dance full on. I was completely submerged and immersed in the dance world. I loved it. I was kind of coming back to who I was supposed to be, you know, and I was going in the city. I was auditioning like crazy. I was taking 12 dance classes a week. I was shuffling between three main dance studios, Alvin Ailey, Steps, and Broadway Dance Center. Those are the three main ones in New York City. And I saw that my body was changing. I mean, I was like sculpted. I, I was taking ballet and jazz and all classes. I was really training myself and Eventually, after auditioning and getting gigs, I, I wrote my one-woman show. And the name of the show is Home Sweet Home, question mark. And I play different women. I wrote it. I choreographed it. I performed it. And I play different women being abused. And then she goes to her good place. That's where the dancing comes in. But then she's pulled back into the chaos of violence. But the show ends very strong, very empowering. And for the show, I did a lot of research because I, I wanted it to be entertaining, but educational and informative. And I could not believe, Amy, the statistics that I was finding, how common violence was, how it's so prevalent. And I said to myself, I need to make this into a bona fide business. I need to make this where... Not only it impacted me, but it, it has impacted so many people. And I said, I, I need to make this into a, a business offering services and products. And that's how Oso oh Safe started, really, how Oso oh Safe was born. And I strongly believe, I, I mean, I've been a for profit company from the beginning, and I respect all of the nonprofits that tackle domestic violence, but 
I feel like it's the wrong approach. We cannot resolve the magnitude of this problem as a nonprofit, as a charity. We cannot hold out that bucket and wait for donations to drop in that bucket. The only way that people will take this seriously and where it's actually resolved is if it's a paid service, an actual paid service. So that way it actually gets resolved. So that's how Oso Safe was born. Okay. And I want to talk more about Oso Safe here in just a second, but I want to go back to this whole dance thought (laughs) because what you did there, because it sounds like it's not like you just kind of casually took up dance. Like you were in it. It is no small feat to, did you say 12 classes or something a week? You know, that's intense. And so do you feel like you turned to dance to escape what was going on in your mind at the time? Well, it was definitely to heal. But like I said, I did not start at four years old, five years old. And my childhood was very chaotic. So it wasn't like I I went to dance to kind of escape my home life because I didn't have that. I, I always wanted to dance, always, as even as a young child. I, I Looking back, I always tried to, but... I was so depressed and I was so trying to save my mother. Like I said, I couldn't think about it. So after starting therapy, I realized, wow, I need to dance. I'm a dancer. It's in my blood. I have to do this. I have to give it my best shot. Once I moved out, I was heavy duty clubbing in the city, like heavy duty. I was releasing... (laughs) all sorts of emotions. I mean, anger and and rage and pain and and suffering. and, And it felt really great. I was taking the dance floor. Like I was there. I I was heavy duty clubbing in the city. At the time, there was Limelight and Palladium and Club USA and um, Tunnel. and, And the music was very, it was my favorite type of music, techno. And I was speaking to my therapist at the time. So like I said, I was really going back to who Sabrina was supposed to be from a young age, you know. So, And she said to me, you have to dance. I have never seen you so happy. I have never heard you so spirited. And she recommended to me a book and I read it and it gave me the courage to pursue dance or it was more, like I said, to do what I was meant to do. And the, the title of the book was Do What You Love, The Money Will Follow. And I read it from cover to cover. So I went to dance class. I, I took the teachers that I knew would give me the most attention to catapult me to where I wanted to be, you know, to, to dance, to get the gigs, to... And I was auditioning like crazy. I remember one... At times, I, w- I had five auditions in one day. I was taking voice lessons. I was going to the headshots and the resumes and and I was dance teaching. I, I was teaching dance. In fact, I performed my show with my own students, which was pretty amazing. You still dance today? Yes, I incorporate dance in Oso oh Safe, especially for schools and universities. I use it to Take, get the message to the students because when you add a performing art to a very heavy subject, it's more 
palpable. It's easier to take in and digest, especially for, for students. And whether the students are very young or college level, I don't teach dance anymore. Um, but I use all of that in, in everything that I do with Oh So Safe. So take us through that. So take us through like a, an example of what you would do with, let's say you go into a high school. So how are you incorporating dance? Like, what would that look like? Well, first, I, the age group is very, it's very important, right? Because I, I would not convey information to a nine-year-old the same way that I would a high school student. So, so it all depends on the, the age group of the students and how many, how many students. So if the school wants me to do like a little segment in the classroom, then that's one scenario. If they want me to do like a, a whole, I would say like a one hour mini educational show where I have all of the students in, in the high school, let's say, then that would be another scenario. And I use education. I always open everything that I do with my own personal story. That way I hook them, if you will. And that way I'm more heard you know, because I'm not just somebody who woke up one morning and said, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. And uh, <laughs> because I know violence is out there, I am very comfortable or pretty comfortable talking about my own experience. So that way I could see the looks on students faces like it kind of it goes from kind of guarded to, wow, she just said what she said. So I could say what I want to say. Or, wow, she just described my mother or my father or right. me, you know, so I try to relate to them as much as possible to get to their level, even though I'm an adult, I'm older than them, but I try my best to really relate to them. And then I ask the head of the PTA or the principal, whoever's involved, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be educational. I'm going to talk about a heavy subject, obviously, but I'm going to incorporate my own personal story. And they are going to be equipped with a lot of statistics and warning signs. The warning signs are very important because these are tools that they could use in their own relationships. Like, you know, they're sitting before me are boyfriends and girlfriends. They're going out with each other. Once they're armed with statistics and warning signs, they could break off a relationship because they see, wow, Sabrina from Oso Safe just said, I'm not supposed to change how I look to satisfy my boyfriend, or I'm not supposed to be isolated from my friends to, to satisfy my boyfriend, or wow, I am kind of being trafficked. This is not a good relationship. I got to get out of it. And I didn't even realize it that I am repeating what my mom and dad are doing. This is not a good relationship. So this is where you break the cycle. This is where you really turn pain into power and where students don't become a future victim or a future abuser. And the boys are very important in my audience, very, very important because they, uh, unfortunately, 80, 80 to 85% of all of the victims of, of violence are women, girls. So I really try to focus on the boys to say, look, in order for you to become a man, you do not dominate women and girls. 
So it's okay to show emotion. It's okay to cry. It's okay to like the color pink. It's okay to not like football. And a big part of it too that I incorporate, and I always say this ahead of time with schools, to talk about pornography because pornography is a big reason or a driving force of violence because essentially pornography is 88.2% physical aggression towards women. So when we give a pornographic material to our, our sons, our brothers, our nephews, our grandsons, we are essentially teaching them how to be hostile to girls and eventually women. And we are in the United States, we are the biggest consumer and producer of pornography. I am not talking about sexual freedom. I need to make that distinction by far. It is black and white. Because in pornography, it is all about domination, sadism, bondage, rape, the whole gamut from pretty much all of it. I mean, 88.2% is a lot. I mean, you're talking about, well, what's the difference there? 11.8 is right. not. So, <laughs> I mean, it's so pretty much getting their hands on the 11.2% or whatever is just, um, yeah. Slim, slim to none. Slim. Yeah. So yeah. really the sexual freedom is really erotica where you have good sexual experiences and you have mind-blowing orgasms and you have good sexual relationships with your significant other, whether you're gay, straight, bi, heterosexual, it doesn't matter. So we teach all of this in our, it's the Oh So Safe workshop that we do in schools and universities. And then I, getting back to what we do uh, at Oso Safe with students, I incorporate a segment of my show as a finale in the segment, if you will. So that way I really get them to really understand the message and to be uplifted, to be empowered, to be encouraged. I try to be as positive as possible because that way your message is heard and it is understood and that w- that way they'll repeat it. They will practice what they just learned. It's very important that I convey that to students, that this is a practice. And to say to them, look, if you are in a violent home, I understand. Know that this is not your fault. Know that we at Also Safe are working very hard to make home safe for you. I was you. I'm going to start crying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like every time I'm in front of a student... I'm helping myself, Mm -hmm. you know. Well, again, I want to honor you because the work that you're doing is so impactful. And yeah, you're helping yourself, but you're helping so many other people. And I can't help but sit here and think that I'm not the only one sitting here and thinking how many relationships or violent crimes you have helped prevent through Oso Safe. So that is no small feat. So congratulations for stepping out and doing that. I think we need more people like Sabrina in this world to make it a happier, joyful place. Because I think you said at the beginning of the segment, like safety is everything, right? And uh, maybe before we went live, you said, if you don't have safety, then you don't have happiness. If you don't feel safe, you don't have happiness. I had a boss one time or manager say, everyone wants three things in life. They want to feel safe, 
they want to feel secure and they want to be significant or feel significant. So safe, secure, and significant. And he would always tell me, but safety is number one. (laughs) And so that's exactly what it is that you're doing. Uh, Another thing that I think is a really interesting point to make, something to point out is, you know, you're going into these schools for a happier, safer school, right? But also that that trickles into so many other things. So by going into the schools, working with the schools and creating a safer place to go to school, you're also creating a happier home life. And so I want to ask you, what are the components of a happy home? Thank you so much for tying that in. It's it's very important. Uh, I've always said for a number of years now through Oh So Safe, if you make home safe, if, if we make home safe, everything else will fall into place. Your schools will be safe. Your workplaces will be safe. Movie theaters, malls, stores, concerts. All of the school shootings that have been happening over the years now, school shootings, altercations at schools and universities, if you trace back that, and unfortunately, it has to be looked upon through a lens that most of them are done by young males. And if you look back to their home life, it's pretty chaotic for the most part. They come from violence, a chaotic, dysfunctional, abusive environment. So they take all of that frustration into the school. And the focus must be at home. We must make home safe in ways that have never been tried before. And I feel like Oso Safe is doing just that. We are introducing into the real estate market the Oso Safe certification. And this is focusing on the landlord tenant part of the real estate industry right now. I mean, we are looking to do this across all residency, but we we're tar- we're targeting or marketing focusing on the landlord tenant community because it's the path of least resistance, if you will. And what we're saying is, look, you have violence going on in your multifamily dwellings, what's whether it's a two-family, well maybe not so much a two-family, but definitely the more units that are in a multifamily, the chances are that someone there is experiencing violence. Now you could either look the other way, pretend that it's not happening, pretend that it's none of your business. And then three things will happen. Either police will show up at that residence and bad news travels fast. So you have damage to the property or injury to one of your tenants or the worst of it, a murder. So in order to mitigate that, in order to maintain property reputation, mitigate liability, vacancy rates should drop and your tenants will feel safe. Hire us to get your property also safe certified. Included in that is what we're introducing, the Oso Safe Home Sweet Home Package. And that consists of a policy, a seminar, and an app. The policy is saying, basically, and this is an addendum to existing leases, it's saying, look, we as your landlord, you, we promise to provide you a safe space for you to live. You, in turn, as my tenant, you promise to not act in any way, shape, or form abusively. Otherwise, you, the abuser, gets immediately evicted from the premises, and we go into full knowledge knowing that that would be the consequences. So there's no surprise. Everybody signs off on it. And because typically what happens right now in residency is that a landlord is stuck with an abusive family and then all of the good paying 
well-behaved, safe tenants leave. They vacate the property. We're looking to flip all of that, to flip the script, if you will. So we have the policy as part of the Home Sweet Home package. Then we have a seminar, and it's a required seminar that everybody has to take in tenancy. You want to live here? Fine. But part of the OSO Safe certification is that you take this seminar and we educate everyone in the building, all of the tenants, whether they are children and adults. We go over facts, statistics, warning signs, definitions of abuse, the difference between abuse and discipline. So that way people are educated on, on how to practice safety, how to promote safety when they go back to unit 25 or unit 58, or they go back home and have some sort of education on how to promote safety. And then there's an app to eliminate the he said, she said factor. We are also introducing as part of the certification, we assign therapists to the property to say, look, we have therapists on hand that are assigned to your property and it's a part of the rent. It's a first level certification And you are required as a tenant to do a a one-month check-in with your therapist. Is everything okay? Do you feel that anything is looming? You just found out that your daughter is pregnant. What do you do? Do you beat the crap out of her? No. Because you took the seminar, you have ways to handle the situation. If you find out that your kid just opened up to you and said that he or she is gay, Do you beat the crap out of them? No. You have tools to prevent violence, to prevent any altercation of any chaos, dysfunction, abuse, violence that will occur. This is all part of residency. There's other components to it that I could talk at length, but that is the gist of it. And this will get your property also safe certified. And two things that we are working on to make this a financial incentive for landlords. One is that your insurance rates will go down. And two, that your property will be worth more. Because my logo, our logo will be outside the property and people will recognize in pedestrian and driving traffic, oh, I know what that logo means. That means that that property is also oh safe, is, is home violence conscious. They have systems in place to get people to promote safety and prevent violence. And they should be financially rewarded beyond, okay, we took care of the heat and the hot water and the electricity and central air and the asbestos and All of that, Amy, is secondary to first and foremost, safety. And I say this in my TEDx talk. It's actually a line exactly in my TEDx talk. It's secondary. And I'm speaking from personal experience. I know if I had growing up the oh-so-safe home sweet home package in my property, in my house where my father and mother, you know, in my house... My reality as a child would have been much different, much different. So to tie it in with schools, we're saying, let's make homes safe. And that way we could get your school also safe certified. So it's hand in hand. It's, It's a three market business. We concentrate in the home, but then we say, yes, we're going to go into your school to get it also safe certified and in your place of work, in the workplace to get parents also safe certified there. 
So that way the information really sinks in. It's about repetition. It's, it's a practice really. That's so incredible. You know, it's interesting on the landlord tenant side, I would have never thought in that way. I would have never thought to go and market towards the landlords and say, Hey, we could, we can make this better, you know, for you and for your tenants. And so I think that that's brilliant. I think what you are doing is absolutely incredible. And having like those three pillars, if you will, between school, workplace, and home really helps bring it all together. And it helps to make a major difference in this world. So thank you for making a major difference in this world. I would imagine that some of our listeners listening now want to know how the heck do I connect with Sabrina? So tell us where we can find you. Sure. Thank you for the positive feedback. I greatly appreciate it, Amy. Um, My website is ososafe.com, O-S-S-O, and then the word safe, S-A-F-E.com. My direct email address is sabrina at ososafe.com. I am on all of the major social media platforms, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Alignable, Instagram. My TEDx talk is is broadcast out there. And on my website is really where the OsoSafe certification is listed, how it works, the OsoSafe Home Sweet Home package. Then I have ways that the schools, universities can contact me to hire us for their schools and also in the workplace uh, also. So the website would be the core way to contact us. Um, Amazing. Thank you so much. And we'll also make sure to include it in our show notes as well. I have just a couple other questions for you that I ask all the guests. The first one that I want to know from you is how do you, how would you define happy? How would you define happy? Safety doing what you love to do, knowing what that is, passion. Like for me, it's, it's dance. Obviously it's, it, I incorporate dance and, and also safe, but, uh, because with safety is freedom. So if you're free, you're happy and you can't be free if you're controlled. And I'm not talking about discipline. Everybody needs to be disciplined. Children need to be disciplined. The big difference between abuse and discipline is that discipline instills education and abuse instills fear. So you can't be happy if you're fearful in any way, shape, or form. To me, happiness is safety, freedom, doing what you love to do, whatever that is. It could be collecting leaves, for crying out loud, (laughs) Uh, playing the violin, um, dance, financial freedom, you know, you you should be able to, I hope all of us should be able to make money doing what we love to do. Yes. The next question is a two-part question. And the first part of the question is, if you only had seven more days left to live, what would you do? Dance. Now, the second part of that question is, if you only had seven more days left to live, but you were in a debilitated state, so you couldn't get up, you couldn't walk, you essentially just are laying in bed, dying, so therefore you can't dance, what do you want the world to know? You have the right to be safe in your own home. Children need to have a voice. We need to really make that happen. And all the work that I've done to this point with Oh So Safe, that I would want my niece 
to take over, to continue it. Because someone has to, if, I, someone has to, if I'm debilitated and I only have seven days to live, whatever I did up until this point, someone has to take it over. And that would be my niece. We all deserve to have a voice in this world. So thank you for your voice in helping to change the world and helping to make it a better world. And thank you so much for being on the show today. Amy, thank you so much for giving me this platform. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Amy Dix here. Thank you so much for listening to Unlocking Happiness. I hope you loved the show. And if you did, post a link to your social media, tag a friend, and hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. Help spread more happiness in the world by leaving us a review. If you would like to learn more about what we do, visit choose-happy.me. And if you want to be a future guest, click on the podcast tab to learn more. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Unlocking Happiness with Amy Dix. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and hit subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean the world to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, choose-happy.me or join our Facebook group called The Happiest Group on Facebook. Thanks for listening. This is Amy Dix, and we will see you next time.